0: Hi, folks. It's your host, W. Curtis Preston, and I wanted to give you some great news. Druva liked my latest O'Reilly book enough to sponsor it, and you can get a free copy by just going to druva.com slash podcast. Hope you like it. This week on No Hardware Required, we're talking about running an AWS. My guest this week is my co-host, Stephen Manley, our CTO. Thanks for joining Hi, and welcome to Druva's No Hardware Required Podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Presson, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me our CTO, Stephen Manley. How's it going, Stephen?
1: Oh, it's going to be a good day. You know, we're we're right before Thanksgiving, which means it's right before reInvent.
0: This one will actually air just, actually just before reInvent. Ooh. So I think so. I think we could talk a little bit about AWS. That's sort of why I chose this topic because definitely time for our annual visit to Vegas for ReInvent, and uh, which didn't happen for a couple of years. But now we're going. It's a slightly scaled down. My understanding is that you know the the numbers on purpose are smaller than the numbers from years past uh, to right. keep things safe in the current times. But I, I thought that it'd be a good moment for us to you know, just talk about what does it mean that we run in AWS? What do our customers get? Because we happen to run our infrastructure in AWS. And And I would contrast that to what do they get using our services that they wouldn't get by running any other product in a server pick your favorite server whatever or you know cluster of servers or in a private cloud which let me just define that for the moment i'm talking about not something running in a public cloud vendor like aws but something running in a a farm of servers that that company actually owns there are backup vendors that run in private clouds right? You know, we certainly have competitors that do that. Do you think that's a, a valid discussion to have?
1: I think it's a reasonable discussion. And and I, I certainly, I think all the way through this conversation, I'll, I'll run the risk of sounding like a, an AWS fan person, I suppose, <laughs> um, because, uh, be, because having spent my life building appliances, um, you know, uh, t- to me, that's always the first thing, you know, what do customers get out of it? Some of it is what we get out of it is, the number of things, you know, I or Druva as a whole don't have to worry about when you run an AWS really frees you up to focus on, on other stuff. Like I, I, I don't spend any time worrying about, you know, whether processors, uh, C- CPUs and, and cards are being seated properly inside an appliance and whether they'll catch fire. Uh I don't worry about and, that, and this is a,
0: that is a good thing to not have to worry about.
1: <laughs> and I mean it sounds it sounds glib, but you know, the two major appliance companies I've worked with uh both times. We had to deal with that. And and because you know when you deal with putting hardware together, people do things wrong and bad things happen. I you know, you don't have to worry about um you, you know, you know, sort of uh, appliance limits uh, you don't have to worry about you know some of the basics of sort of system system management you know all these things just sort of get taken care of and, and 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 until you've lived in that world, you don't realize how freeing it really is. Now, now that isn't to say that you you're you're absolved, right? You still have to worry about security. You still have to to manage, you know, making sure you have enough, uh, you know, CPU, memory, you know, all all that good stuff. But, but compared to what it what it's like when you're building appliances or 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 running as software in somebody else's appliances, just knowing that you can always get more. It's great.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think back and, and, you know, you said you something in there. You said something about you still have to make sure that you have enough CPU, et cetera, but you can code for that, right? Right. You, you, and, and that is one of the great things that you can do in a public cloud environment that you simply can't do in either a private cloud or Uh, you know, any sort of on-prem infrastructure. So when I think back, there was, so a few years ago, there was this this thing, Meltdown Inspector, which was this thing that I I don't want to go into too much time, but it basically was consuming a significant amount of CPU. And if you were hit by that with an on-prem environment or a private cloud environment, you immediately had to provision a lot more compute than you had to do before because your compute was being expended by this uh, exploit. But if you're running in a public cloud environment, all you had to do was automatically provision more compute power. And again, if that's part of your code, it is part of our code. Our system, right. you know, our code automatically provisions up and down the amount of resources that we needed in a day. And that's just simply not possible with with without Having this seemingly limitless supply of compute and storage and networking,
1: yeah, and, and I think that 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 kind of falls into what I think of as almost a, a second category uh, of of benefits is that the first benefit I think everybody gets no matter what. Um, I think that second benefit is if you're designed to use cloud. Uh, in the right way, then you can get those additional advantages because if we were just like a virtual appliance, uh, it wouldn't have helped as much. Right. Uh, right. Uh, so, so, so yeah, I do think there's then a second tier of things where you look and you say, if you designed for AWS or, or the public cloud, you get another set of advantages uh, above and beyond just someone who maybe lift lifted and shifted to, to, to the public cloud.
0: Right. Because we do have a number of competitors that have done that, right? Right. They wanted to get into the SaaS business, but they didn't want to do what we did, which is specifically program to AWS or, you know, an AWS competitor. They just, they, they just wanted to take their existing software and run it in the cloud. And when you do that, you just sort of create a cloud version of the on-prem environment and you don't get all of the benefits that we do. Uh, and, And related to that, is when you do program to AWS functionality, you get to really sort of ride the wave of AWS functionality. Yeah, yeah. and a, a perfect example I, I I think of that that happened while I was working here, and that is when AWS came out with Snowball Edge, mm. right? That yeah. we, uh, we which is a, a hardened, what, what would you call that? A hardened appliance.
1: Oh yeah. It, right. it, it, it's phenomenal. Uh, I mean, you know, fr- from top to bottom, you know, both, both physically hardened, like you can drop them and, and they're physically hardened, but also security hardened in terms of, you know, basically you know barcoded and it actually took a lot of the ideas of tape back from the day in some ways and 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 added to it and said you know the only people that can get access to the data that people who are allowed to get access to this data uh it's physically hardened so you can ship it anywhere in the world and then ship it up to the cloud to move your data uh, uh, yeah that was uh that was a pretty uh, pretty cool piece yeah, of technology it, it,
0: it, it, it's cool. Like there's lots of things that are cool about it. I love the fact that the shipping label is, is on a Kindle paper white. Right. Right. That, 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 that there's no box it ships as the thing, right. It yep. ships as the appliance. And then the label is this Kindle paper white. And then also that if you, if you crack open any of the, you know, if you're, if you, if you're able to physically crack the case, it immediately wipes all the data, right. So it keeps your data safe. And we use that as a sneaker net method, yep. as, a, as a method of, of seeding. Um, and we were just able to ride that wave of technology. And, and AWS has come out with, uh, in the time I've been here, many, many hundreds of pieces of functionality,
1: Yeah, I mean, some wave, of which
0: we've been able to take advantage of.
1: I, yeah, I mean, Wave and in, in, in some of the other ones, I, I thought you were going to go with sort of Glacier Deep Archive and Glacier for for sort of that long-term retention of data. Yep. Yeah. Um, you've yep. got SageMaker, which allows us to do you know sort of AI ML at scale. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got um, obviously ECS, which talking about that sort of auto scaling. Uh, you know whether you use ECS or EKS, both you know, sort of container management services to to allow you to, to to sort of scale up and scale down your workloads. DynamoDB, which is this phenomenal you know hugely scalable uh, database. So yeah, I mean you look across the board and, and it feels like just Every time uh, there's something new coming up, you know, the new ARM processors uh, uh, that, that enable you to, to, to run compute at lower, uh, business opportunities like uh, spot instances and on-demand instances and, and ways that you can keep your costs down. So it just, it's this, to, to your point, it's every reInvent you go to, there's so many new announcements. Uh, in some sense, the, the the tricky part in it is figuring out which are the ones that are going to matter most, and then mm-hmm. investing in those because there's so much you could do, it's just not possible to, to to take advantage of all of them.
0: Yeah, we could do a podcast on pretty much every one of the things you just listed, right? <laughs> um, I, I'll just I'll just tag on one of them, and that is DynamoDB. You know, earlier you mentioned that you don't have to worry about servers catching fire. You also don't need you don't need a DBA for DynamoDB, right? right. It, it it just automatically grows to the size that we need it, and automatically grows to the performance that we need it, and all we do is just pay per thing that we put in. And that, that right there to me, because we have, we have, you know, some huge DynamoDB databases, right? Yep. Uh, I I think the proper term would just be tables. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. 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 And, and, and we don't have to manage them at all. We just, they just, they just are Right. right. And that, that's, that's the true power of a, of a cloud provider like AWS. And when, when you, Compare that, or when you contrast that to anything running in the you know the data center. Well, if you look at the data center, now you you worked for a uh, well you you worked for a couple of large, but you you worked yeah. for one large particular backup vendor, and you know what it's like. You know when a company comes out with a new version of a product, they're like, we're so excited to have this thing. Right, we'd love for our customers to try it, and then they have to wait. Oh, right, yeah. like 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 eighteen months <laughs> from the time that you come out with the thing to the time that cust- you know the average customer is using the thing, um, and and because of all of the stuff that a customer has to do to get to that point, and one step of which is what I. Continue to refer to as the most terrifying moment in any backup administrator's career, and that is upgrading oh, the yeah. backup server. Right? Yeah. You because the backup server is your it's your ultimate line of defense. So upgrading that is is a terrifying experience
1: for anyone who's run backup for a, for for a very long time. Uh, you know, the and you ran one of the major products, all great products but we all had at least one instance where you ran a major upgrade and your catalog disappeared or tapes got unlabeled or or schedules got uh, blown away and you and, and 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 as customers everyone looked around and went what have we done but i'll tell you as as engineers it was 10 times worse because every customer was calling saying, what have you done? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it, it's tough and it's terrifying. And, and it all, it all came about because you would bundle a million things into a release because you would release every 18 months. And, right. and, and again, living in the cloud, it's just, I mean, th- there's something about just releasing every couple of weeks. You right. just don't end up with those, you know, sort of massive, just, bombs dropping in the middle of somebody's data center
0: and and for us again we handle all that back-end upgrading part right and so that when when we do upgrade we just need to let customers be aware of the new functionality that they have available to them it's not this massive well now you have to reconfigure everything or you like you said, you, you just lost all your databases, right? Um, you're, You just relabeled all your tapes. I have been at customers that did both of those things, right? Yeah. I remember being on hold with some of those companies and, <laughs> and just being the, the angry customer, right? So yeah, but our customers don't don't have that experience, right? They, yeah. they, we just, we do that hardest part, the part that is the scariest part of the backup world, it just automatically upgrades. And again, that's because we have access to all of that technology uh, in the back end that we're we, you know AWS runs the infrastructure for us but we obviously have complete control over that versus what happens with a typical backup software product they don't have any control over the over the yeah. infrastructure that's all your it's both your responsibility and your all of your problem right yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas our customers don't have any of those
1: yeah I do, I do not miss the days of wait you're saying this isn't supported on Solaris two dot whatever, <laughs> And you look at, why didn't you test it on that? Because all those boxes are in a museum except <laughs> yours. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. and you of course you can't say that on the phone because then you lose that customer, but, but it did yeah. feel like, and, and, and yeah, we, we don't have that issue, right? You know, everything uh, partially because we're containerized as well, but uh, everything every two weeks it's just fresh, it's clean. You don't have any of that weird upgrade uh, upgrade cruft that, that 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 we had to deal with for two decades and,
0: and so the the benefit to the customer there, besides the fact that they don't have to worry about all of those all all of that maintenance and the 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 scary upgrade thing, is that they get constant access to new functionality. Rather yeah. than, um, you know, there's a there's a piece of new functionality that comes out, and it'll be 18 months before I get to use it because that's when I can do all of the things that I need to do to upgrade my hardware and software. Right? That that's yeah. that's that is the true benefit of a true SaaS offering. I think we've talked enough about the benefits of being in the public cloud and specifically AWS. I'm hoping that one of our three listeners will be at reInvent and they they will stop by and say, yeah. hi, I will be there. Will you be there?
1: I'll be there. In fact, I, you know, shameless pitch time, super excited, right? We've, in fact, I am with uh, Richard Boyd, who's one of the developer advocate, uh, developer advocates at uh, AWS. You know, we've got a session titled Infrastructure as Code and Modern Data Resilience on AWS. And if you're if you're looking for it in your program, if you're looking to show up, uh DOP322-S. Uh, uh, we'd love to see you there. You know, see you at the Druva booth, uh, uh, see you at any of the events, but but certainly if you've if you've got nothing else to do on a Wednesday, you should drop by and, and, and check out our talk.
0: And speaking of shameless plugs, I will be doing a book signing at the Truth Booth. I will actually be signing copies of my new book called Modern Data Protection from O'Reilly & Associates. So if you're a fan of my work, then feel free to stop by and get a free
1: book signed by none other than yours truly. Can people get customized dedications in those books?
0: I have made a number of those over the years.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm just picturing one of... Dear Stephen, you were right. NDMP is awesome. Something like that. You know?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, thanks again for a great talk.
1: Oh, always a pleasure.
0: Thanks to the listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And remember here at Druva, there's
1: no hardware required.